Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about the energy industry from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha, and I'm joined for my fortnightly catch-up on the UK energy markets by my colleague Jason Durden, Head of Energy Markets and Risk Management at Alpha. Now, Jason, we're spot for choice as to which high-priced commodity we start off with this week, but I think gas is the obvious place to start. Having reached record prices, I gather, in the UK market, what factor or combination of factors is behind all this? Yes, hello, Jeremy. Forward prices are now at uh, all-time traded highs. We have seen very short-term prices react to certain circumstances before at much higher levels. But uh, we're in a position now where we're seeing balance of this summer's gas trading above 105 pence a therm, and seven and a half this morning. And we certainly haven't seen that before. I was going through my records and looking through the archive. And the 2007 pre-crash 2008 commodities bubble, winter gas traded as 100 or certainly settled at 103. We're through that level now with this winter settling at 106, uh, nearly 107 pence. So we're in uncharted territory and there's plenty going on, but um, it does seem to be a reflection of the times as much as actually the, the, the reality. There is a worst case is base case, you know, sort of outlook in what's going on. There are some issues and there is some tightness. It's maintenance, but we've passed the peak Norwegian maintenance and we've passed the peak Russian maintenance. There are still some issues. Uh, there's some issues at Yamal in Thamalno the last few days. That's a concern. There is uh, some unplanned uh, maintenance at Troll. And there is clearly a need with Europe below 60% on stored gas to increase those flows between now and the end of September significantly, but not impossibly. So there is a, a lot going on. But I have to say, however much nominally it might be, storage customers being forced to store gas at 105 pence or 42 euros equivalent into a market where we know that Nord Stream 2 will be flowing gas early in the new year or as close as we can be for the last couple of years that they will actually start flowing gas. So we could end up with the storage trade being upside down by, I don't know, 50% maybe, you know, gas normalising at 65p in Q1, which is typically a more normalised price. You wouldn't want to be being forced to inject storage at 105 pence to withdraw it at 65 pence in the new year, would you? No, indeed. And and I think that's an important point that, you know, people looking at these prices might think, well, well, surely this is a sign of a market in distress if the prices are this high. Are we facing physical security or supply issues in the UK? But from what you say, it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like there are pressures in the, in the continental market to do with storage lower than perhaps might be expected Russian flows for this time of year. And theoretically, at least, the cost of gas in the Asian market. But I gather we've not actually had much LNG come into the UK for some weeks or months. Is that right? Correct. So we haven't had a tanker in the UK since July the 18th, which I suppose begs the question, then why are our prices loosely shadowing the Japanese and uh, Asian spot prices for LNG? If it's not actually attracting any cargoes at all then why are you following a an index that is largely irrelevant if we were competing for and getting the odd cargo you could maybe make that argument i think but in terms of the uk it's irrelevant what the price is it's not coming here so i think that's really quite interesting 
I don't think we're seeing too much in Asia that we don't normally see. We're obviously seeing a coal problem, largely of China's own doing with its dispute with uh, Australia. And we are seeing increased demand for gas. There is a slight additional cooling load requirement in Asia at the moment, but this is not a runaway heat wave. This is uh, slightly more demand than normal, which is perhaps supporting prices there. So there's a number of things going on in many of these markets which are all supportive or indicative of a a tight market. But even without any LNG coming into the UK at all, and, you know, having uh, backed in uh, on maintenance for two months and only just beginning to come back into flows now, the reality is that UK demand has been consistently 10-15% lower because we're not exporting gas than seasonal norms. And actually the system is opening long to balanced every morning. So you could argue that the price is, you know, making sure the gas arrives. And yes, of course, you know, it's a well-functioning market in that respect. But there is no crisis of gas that you would say paying 107 pence for gas in the summer would indicate. Indeed. And I'm just wondering, you know, how you think uh, business energy users should look at this situation. I mean, on the one hand, obviously concern about prices going up and they're affecting domestic consumers too, as we've recently heard with Ofgem's announcement that the price cap for the domestic sector is going to go up largely because of the gas price issue uh, for both power and gas consumers. But particularly for those who are exposed to day ahead or month ahead prices and so on this must be feeding straight through for those that are hedged it's somewhat different but when they come to recontract presumably the prices are going to be a step higher or is it possible we might see a correction when russian gas starts flowing through Nord stream 2 could we see quite a reduction from current levels do you think yeah certainly i mean in terms of gas you've only got to look at the structure of the curve and uh, next summer's gas price is uh, just over 60 pence which whilst high based on long-term averages is normalized side of high effectively that's uh, not far short of half of what's being asked in the summer this summer for gas and then obviously if you look further out into the winter you've got prices you know below 70 pence so as i said you know against long-term averages they have a little bit of inflation in them i suppose which is around us and and obviously they are being supported by what's going on in the near term but the absolute frenzy and crisis or the pricing crisis because there isn't actually a physical shortage at this moment in time does kind of suggest that it is a short-term semi-covid sort of uh, i suppose this time last year it was 10 and 15 pence this time this year it's 105 and 110 pence i think this is kind of all the you know the world being a little bit upside down at the moment to be honest Well, speaking of which, you mentioned gas and the need coal prices going up and and of course carbon's pretty high as well. What's the latest with the UK price? I think we've just narrowly avoided the trigger price in the UK emissions trading scheme. Is that that right? Yeah, that's correct, Jeremy, and uh, quite convenient, don't you think? Mm -hmm. So we were going into August with the end of the three-month cycle with a trigger price for August of 44.74. And uh, for much of the early month and for the two previous months, which formed the trigger for May and June, we were above that, the relative strikes. So the market had to clear on average above 44.74 in July. And the second half of the month was quite a weak month for UK carbon, not particularly for European carbon, although that was slightly softer. 
but the spreads uk carbon was under pressure and it cleared at uh, i've calculated the average to 44.15 so around 59 cents below the trigger i mean i think the trigger you know it's a political trigger in terms of there is no firm action that comes out of this there is no automatic um, issuance of new credit it's a commitment to have a discussion but i think you know unless we suddenly see another basis change in carbon which one can never rule out given the quasi-religious sort of frenzy that is surrounding everything sustainability uh, wise and carbon related at the moment you know unless the carbon price suddenly jumps another 20 euros it's unlikely that we're ever going to see this mechanism actually triggered because it is such a large increase required indeed and of course if you put the carbon price together with a gas price you know you kind of tell it tells you something about where we are with power prices subject to outages and so on and lastly sort of briefly on the on the uk power market how are things looking there some nuclear outages and reduced output i gather and wind unfortunately has been producing disappointingly low quantities in recent weeks hasn't it Yes, we're relatively comfortable in terms of actual physical supply, which is not dissimilar to where we are in terms of gas. But it is all price input in power, and two of the biggest price inputs are respectively gas and carbon. Neither one of them is favourable, least of all gas. Yes, the output in terms of wind this summer, now you don't expect a great huge amounts of wind during the summer because of the the atmospheric conditions but this summer uh, and i say summer i'm talking about contractual summer has been relatively weak and performing across northwest europe so the german market which really suffers um, particularly but obviously a knock-on effect the uk market as well and we're regularly seeing you know spot prices well over 100 pounds the balance of the summer months over 100 pounds a megawatt the winter months 105 pounds a megawatt and that distorted by you know for the first time in my experience of uh, looking at these markets since uh, since nita we've got q4 being priced higher than q1 in in a forward structure which just doesn't happen so lots going on but actually despite a little bit of tightness around some nuclear it's really about fuel input costs and obviously gas remains the base load and the swing supply for when the wind doesn't blow indeed and just lastly i mean it's a subject we've touched on before but i think we're going to be stuck with for a while the whole problem with commodities inflation and so on in a, in a world of easy money and as a result of the covid crisis possibly the right thing to do are we in a, a situation of prolonged inflation or is this a blip or does anyone know yeah, I don't think anyone knows. Or certainly if central bankers know and they think, oh, we've got this horribly wrong, we're not going to admit it to anybody. If inflation is transitory, but that transitory period is two years, you've had two years of inflation. It's not transitory, is it? A short-term blip is a month or two on the numbers. And um, clearly, uh, noise coming out of the US about, uh, you know, they might have to start tightening as quickly as the autumn this morning. One or two of the more hawkish uh, state feds being quoted look there is a lot going on on one hand gas is seen as uh, a fuel 
that uh, is um, you know a, a gateway to lower carbon and transitory fuel in itself uh, and obviously that adds uh, an inflationary pressure all of its own not just the uh, wider money printing issue but you know in terms of bigger demand and super cycles being quoted and denied and all the rest of it so there's lots going on there and then on the other hand there's the people saying well we've got to skip gas straight away because it's not carbon friendly enough and we've got to go straight to 100 percent you know non-carbon based fuels and like I said, at the moment, the problem is the wind is not blowing in northwest Europe and the sun doesn't shine at night. So I think we just have to be a bit more objective and a bit more factual about what's going on. But there are certainly some long term warning signs around uh, a transition to more gas and less coal um, and what that obviously does to global prices. But at the same time, there's also a kind of a little bit of a frenzied, uh, well, um, a colleague of mine described the uh, the market's reaction as a moral panic. Um, and I think that summarises it perfectly. Well, on that slightly depressing or alarming note, um, thanks, Jason. We might well be in a moral panic from certain perspectives, and uh, I can understand the concern about that from energy consumers and, and indeed those who might think net zero is the right way to go. But are we perhaps uh, you know, setting ourselves up for some rather un- difficult-to-manage costs that may not be something that many consumers can live with if we're not careful? Two years is, after all, a very long time in, in energy terms. If you're, if you're contracting for energy, if that is indeed the blip in prices we're experiencing. So whether you found that uh, encouraging or alarming, I hope you found it as interesting as I did. Do have a look at our website, alphaenergygroup.com forward slash UK and have a look at our reports there. And we hope you're able to join us again for a podcast very soon. Music